Does anybody really know what time it is? Part three, it's the Great Reset on Grand Fork's Best Source. David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition back in the studio like he is every single Tuesday morning. And our show, by the way, brought to you by Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Diane says Executive Properties did a roof project and remodeled a bathroom in our house. We were happy with their quality of work, and the projects were completed in a timely manner. We will use Executive Properties for our next home project. Get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. All right. Uh, If you have any questions or comments for anybody here, David and myself, Paul the producer, or Dean or Dale the producer, whatever his name is today, uh, our number is 701-213-0863. Now, if you're trying to watch this show on Facebook or YouTube, uh, you're not going to find it, okay? Uh, We're getting sick and tired of getting thrown in Facebook jail. Uh, But there are ways to watch it. Uh, if you want to listen live, go to GFB, uh, gfbestsource.com, all right? gfbestsource.com. Click listen now. It's all live. If you want to chat, click the Twitch link in the upper left corner. We're now on Rumble, too. It's posted on the GFBS Facebook page. Uh, and before we get too much further on, let's do it. Time now for Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. I think maybe you'll like this one. Uh, let's see. What borders on stupidity? What borders on stupidity? about Canada and Mexico? Ooh. Is that, was that a joke or is that just facts? Ooh. Well, a little of each. Wow. I think a little of each. Uh, before we get too much further into the show, uh, Midsummer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Midsummer Gone Country Music Festival. Uh, music, music Fest happening June 1st through the 3rd in Monaga, Minnesota. Not that far away. 14 hit country music acts playing over three days. I mean, Blackhawk, Colt Ford, Easton Corbin. A lot of great bands are going to be there. If you would like to win a pair of tickets, they're valued at $300 for these passes. Um, all you got to do is uh, go to gfbestsource.com. You hit the contact us link at the top of the webpage. Leave us your name, phone number, address, and a message stating, I want those tickets, and you'll be entered to win. In fact, uh, we are going to probably draw a winner uh, sometime today. So, uh, again... Uh, make sure you do that. Uh, here's some of the things that uh, I have got so far uh, today, by the way, is the uh, vote for the $79 million school referendum. Uh, that vote is going on uh, at the Alaris Center all day today. Um, Joe Biden's approval rating. Oh, by the way, uh, really quickly. So if anybody's wondering, Monaga, Minnesota, I looked it up. At, I think it's by Park Rapids. Yeah, it's it's not far away. Um, I'll take care of that. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, all right. Here we go. Uh, Joe Biden's approval rating as of May 7th, 40% approved, 55% now disapproved. Um, according to the New York Post.com, if you guys heard about this, homeless vets being booted from New York hotels to make room for migrants. How about that? And speaking of migrants, they're getting free smartphones paid for by us. You know, Friday, the Title 42 uh, border protection expired. Illegal immigrants are, they're crazy. Uh, They're getting phones, smartphones paid by U.S. taxpayers. So that way they can find out when their court dates are and stuff. Uh, That's the truth. Um, What else we got here? Oh, Biden family, of course, has been in the news a lot, trying to hide over $10 million in foreign payments. 
and then on Wednesday, I don't know if you saw this, Donald Trump got a massive standing ovation at a CNN town hall crowd meeting. Um, I think he's going to be doing well again. Uh, anyway, that's what I've got. David Waterman, does anybody really know what time it is? Part three. I told you I didn't have a whole lot today. Well, you covered some really important things. I mean, this this vote that's happening later today, mm-hmm. I really encourage everyone who wants their property taxes to go up to go vote yes. Yeah. Is, is this you, like $90 if, for a $100,000 house? Something yeah. around there. But. If you don't think you're paying enough in property taxes, then go vote to increase your property taxes. Otherwise, if you're like me, you want to shoot this thing down. <clears throat> There's been this history in Grand Forks when they want to raise your taxes that they just keep putting it out for the people and putting it out and putting it out and pushing a lot of propaganda. And then the more eventually people get sick and they just fine. And then they raise their property taxes. We've got some of the highest property taxes uh, in the country in Grand Forks. And, and what, what do we, what do we get for it? I guess they sweep the streets once a week and collect the trash. But for what I pay in property taxes, yep. I really don't think that that adds yep. up. And, and I would much rather pay someone like <clears throat> Paul's trash collection and sweet street sweeping service. Why don't you have that? Uh, well, the, uh, half the price uh, and get uh, get more for your buck. Yeah, I saw Andy Schneider has uh, his army out doing yard work. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, you know, Andy Schneider is going to be on the show tomorrow. Yep. Uh, we had a little change. But, you know, even talking with Mayor Bochensky yesterday, um, you know, these schools that are built in the 70s, okay, we're talking 50 years old or whatever, they should last longer. Uh, I think they should last longer, you know. And, and we've also been hearing this. There was a lot of stuff left unfixed, unkempt, untaken care of. On purpose. That... You know what happens if, if something starts to fall apart in your yard or in your garage or house and you don't fix it and leave it that way, it's not going to get better on its own. And, you know, okay, so now if they pass a $79 million school referendum, they build them a new school, are they going to let it go to hell right away? Are they going to let it go to shit like they did all their other buildings? You know, there's a lot of questions to be asked. I get when they're talking about school security, that's fine. But I heard Mark Rusted call in today. I don't know what the hell that radio station's name is again. They're big. They, whatever mm-hmm. Le- yeah. levi or leeton or leaking something anyway um he said why don't we just put a cop in every school why not well i you think know, that's a great idea are you suggesting that there are our police force is not properly educated no i'm not i'm not saying <laughs> that at all i know, yeah. I know that I, I that was a joke oh okay joke. You put a cop in school uh, no you're right. he's saying for security not yeah. for education yeah so <laughs> So I'm a little slow. A bigger, a, a bigger. It's okay. It's Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, a bigger question is, yeah, you didn't take care of the school buildings we bought for you the first time mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Why should we trust you with a new one? Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. if you couldn't take care of the first one, you're not getting another one. Yeah, there's you also- fixed the one that you let go to pot. And then we'll think about maybe letting you get some new toys after you've shown that you can take care of the one that you already have. Right. Well, right. The, which they haven't. And there's a reason why they don't have a cop, you know, roaming the halls. And it's not because of the safety. It's because if all of a sudden two kids get into a fight and he goes to break it up, the cop is going to get arrested. <laughs> For touching I, a kid. For touching a kid. Oh, jeez. I, I guarantee it. I, I guarantee you that's one of the reasons why they, they don't do it, because they don't want an adult to be in there to put their hands on somebody else's kid. That's a little tyrant. So, so 
what, why is it that I grew up in a day, and we've talked about this before, John, you grew up in a time when, when teachers would, would grab kids by the shirt and slam them into the lockers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hung, hung a guy out the third floor window by his ankles. And then who got in trouble for that? The kid the did student. when he got home, yeah. Not the, not the teacher. <laughs> You're, he, he, the, the, the student is going, okay, you hung me out the window by my ankles of a third-store window. Please don't tell my parents. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not saying that that stuff is right because that's, you know, certain things are abuse, right? There's such a thing as child abuse and, mm-hmm. and, and terrorizing a kid, but not putting your hand on his shoulder, not grabbing him by the wrist and saying, you're yeah. coming to the office right now, mm-hmm. not separating two kids that are fighting, not doing what's actually in the child's best interest. I wouldn't say that hanging a kid out the third story window by their ankles is necessarily in their child's best interest, but it certainly will get their attention. Sure. Right. So depending on the individual, you've, you've got to alter your methods of, uh, of discipline and, uh, and getting their attention. I still think that's a little extreme. Who was that kid again? I'm not going to say. It wasn't okay. me, but it was okay. the same okay. teacher that punched me so hard, uh, knocked me, and this was when the, the desks were one piece, you know, the chair and the desk, um, knocked, oh, flipped yeah. me completely over. And um, once I got my faculties back and figured out where I was again, he got my attention. <laughs> and and uh, I've said this too since since that day. Um, had a big impact on me. Um, um had a lot, an influence on my life. He was a great teacher. Great teacher. Yeah. He punched me. I deserved it. And life went on. That, it did. So that's, did, did, did the chair fall with you? No, everything I mean, the, did. Tape, the, oh, yeah. the desk, it right all over. went over. I mean, I don't, yep. I don't wow. think that the, the Ass over tea kettle. I don't think cops should be roaming the halls just punching, punching kids. kids right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I bet you it would be that's... an awfully quiet hallway and people would be in order and they're be... just walking and going to class. But there is this concept of fear of punishment that causes kids to behave. And mm-hmm. what we have now is fear of kids by the teachers and by the staff because the kids can do anything they want, right? Right. That seems to be the new, the, the, the norm. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, this is what I've heard and I've talked with parents and I've talked with someone who, who counsels kids and I've talked with someone who is a para mm-hmm. who goes to the schools and who can't say anything as a para because he or she, I'm not going to say which it is, uh, no, I'll say she's uh, she'll she'll get fired, you know. Oh, sure, right. So, uh, but the things that are happening in the schools are really unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So, does anybody really know what time it is? You know, we're gonna get into this right away. It's just uh, not even fifteen after the hour, and so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up where I left off, and I want to. This is gonna be an interactive program, so everybody who's listening online live right now, you need to write in, text in, call in. And respond because tell me if I'm wrong. Am, am I not seeing reality as it really truly is? And I'm not talking about on your block where you live in your particular neighborhood, but what you've read and heard and seen happening around the country, what you see on social media, mm-hmm. what you see on the news, what you see on people's cell phones that so they, they shoot video and they, yep. they post it. You know, it says in the last days. Difficult times will come. That's the opening statement in Second Timothy chapter 3. In the last days, difficult times will come. John, you've been around longer than Paul. Mm-hmm. Would you say that we're in, compared to 
20, 30 years ago, would you say we're in difficult times? Yeah. Okay. In what way? Uh, but other than economically and socially and spiritually and <laughs> there's not physically, much left uh, <laughs> medically. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Good point. Um, difficult I'll just, say, I'll just say, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self. They'll love themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, let me just pause there for a quick second. You know, the, Jesus said that you're to love your neighbor as yourself, okay? He said, love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. right? That's a command from God, love your neighbor as yep. yourself. And people say, well, see, we're supposed to love ourselves. Yeah, you're supposed to love your neighbor and take care of them as if it's you. That doesn't mean that you're a narcissist. Right. That means right. you you love yourself enough to be, you know, the, the Bible talks about your body. He says, uh uh, God says that no man, you know, abuses his body, but he nourishes it and cares mm-hmm. for it and clothes it and feeds it. That's what that's what we take care of. We all do those things. Sure. Uh, unless someone's suicidal, we take care of ourselves. And he's saying, so so this concept of of loving yourself has got to be understood in the context of a healthy individual who's just taking care of themselves. And you're saying, yeah, take care of your neighbor the same way. If you see your neighbor's, you know, in, in those days, your neighbor had sheep or goats mm-hmm. or whatever, and one of them broke out of the pen, and they're wandering. You, he's, God says, you go get it sure. and put it back, and then fix the fence so we can't get out again, or yep. put them in your fence or whatever. Well, okay, that's cl- cleanliness is next to godliness, isn't that what they say? They say that, yeah. That's not in the Bible, but <laughs> that is a saying. <laughs> so, so, so it says when it says men will be lovers of self, it doesn't mean in the same sense that you take care of yourself that you love yourself enough to take. I think this is more and more like narcissism. And if you go on YouTube and you type in narcissist, narcissism, mm-hmm. the number of counselors who are making videos on how to deal with narcissists and how narcissists think it's huge. I mean, it's huge. You'd almost think it's epidemic in this country. Some of them actually say it's epi- now look, as I'm saying this, John's taking out his little mirror and he's primping himself over there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I, <laughs> so, so what what does that mean? How, yeah, lovers of self, lovers of money. The number of people who would do anything for money is, I think, dramatically higher today than it was when I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people who do it would. Oh, for, sure. Yeah, but you know what they're going to pay me? <clears throat> yeah, but who cares? We wouldn't have a drug problem in this country if people didn't love money, yeah. would we? So there are nine traits of a narcissist. Uh, sense of self-importance, preoccupation with power, beauty, or success, mm-hmm. entitled, can only be around people who are important or special, mm-hmm. interpersonally exploitive for their own gain, uh, arrogant, lack empathy, and must be admired. That yeah. right there is naming off handful of people well, I know, you know, for and, sure. Yeah, and I, and I can vouch for that because I used to be conceited and now I'm just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so <laughs> Paul is always good for comic relief. Yeah, uh, that's that's so he so uh, my understanding of a narcissist is that they're really and it didn't say in that description. But from the people that I've listened to, the people that I've talked to who really are experts in that field, that the real problem with narcissists is that they are intensely 
uh, insecure. Mm-hmm. They, they are so insecure that the most important thing to them is to put up a false front, that they've got all the answers, they've got sure. their act together, they know more than you, they're better at whatever it is that they do than you, they're better looking than you, they've, and they've got to have all the best stuff. So a $10 pair of reading glasses won't do it for a narcissist. No. They need the $120 pair. Yep, yep. They need the best of everything mm-hmm. because that helps protect their self-image. <clears throat> right? Sure. And they will stop at nothing to protect their self-image. So if you ever criticize a narcissist, you suddenly find yourselves in the crosshairs and they are extremely good at tearing people down. Oh, yeah, they are. And they will make you, by the time they're done... They'll make you think you're the narcissist. I'll just punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I won't let him get done. <laughs> so, but, so that's the problem. So anyway, lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers. What's a reviler? Never heard of that word before. Reviler? Really? No. You know what a reviler is? What does it mean to revile? Don't, don't they, they brag about themselves, talk up themselves? I no, don't know. what does vile mean? Gross. Gross, yeah. right. So somebody who reviles someone else. They regurgitate crap. <laughs> if I was to revile Paul, that mean I'd be saying a lot of really oh. nasty things, making him look like slime. Vile right? stuff about him, sure. Right. Okay. So that's what a reviler okay. is, somebody who says terrible things about someone else and makes them appear to be a vile sure. person doesn't have a lot of good things to say about anybody i know people like that too yep or or to to be more specific has a lot of really horrible things to say about yes. other people mm-hmm. people specifically that they don't like sure so they will be arrogant and revilers listen to this one disobedient to parents disobedient to parents that's epidemic in this country Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's not just... The, by the way, it says... And this is... I could do a whole show on this. In fact, I will at some point. Maybe more than one. It doesn't say children will be lovers of self, lovers of money. You know that? Yep. It says for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money. So, so John, answer me this. Or, or, or maybe Dale or Paul... If he's talking to, or Dean even, if he's talking to him, if he says men, right? He says men. What's a man? I would say he's somebody 18 or older, a, a man. A grown-up a, a grown boy. Although you have to be careful who you call a man nowadays. <laughs> you, yeah. So a male who has reached maturity, mm-hmm. who is an adult, mm-hmm. that's the, those are considered men. You don't call boys men. Yeah. Although if a boy identifies as a man, if a five-year-old identifies as a man, I guess. You know, I know 15-year-olds that no. can grow a thicker beard than me. Reality so I, is reality. So no, 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 no. But a man is a man, mm-hmm. right? And so he says men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents. Look, some of us had decent parents. Some of us had lousy parents. Some of us had great parents. But according to people that I've talked to, it doesn't depend on whether the parents are great or not. Mm -mm. So many kids are being really disrespectful and disobedient to their parents, even if their parents were perfect parents. There's no such thing. But even if they were, the level of disobedience, you you know what's been said around the country for, 
I don't know how long, probably probably a decade or more, probably a couple decades. Once you're 18, your parents can't tell you what to do anymore. Once you're 18, once you're an adult, once you're a legal adult, your parents have no authority over you. Really? Well, gee, not according to Scripture. Yeah. Not according to God's, the way that God sees things. According to his reality, men who are disobedient to parents are in trouble. He goes on, ungrateful, unholy, unloving. Think about what you see on the news. I mean, if you watch the news, it's oh, a pretty yeah. regular occurrence. Mm-hmm. Unloving, irreconcilable. So you can't even bring the two sides together. That's what, to reconcile if you and Paul are at odds with each other, and I come in and I say, hey, you know, you guys, let's figure this out. I think we can work this out. My goal would be to reconcile you to one another so that your relationship is restored and, and now you don't have this stress anymore. <clears throat> you may have still a difference of opinion about something, but you're reconciled to one another, right? So now you can work together again. You're not saying, I'm not coming in that place if he's here, right? So I reconcile you. We're warned, Paul warns Timothy, then in the last days, men will be irreconcilable. You can't bring him to the table to get them to talk again. That's irreconcilable. Look at the Republican and Democrat parties. Look oh. at the left, the left and the growing number of mm-hmm. followers of the left in this country. They're not interested in reconciling with anyone. They're interested in destroying what we have. So, you know, you mentioned, David, uh, children uh, not respectful anymore, uh, disobedient. Um, uh, you know, Adults I've heard this. disobedient. Yeah and, and, yeah, and I've heard this for a long time. And, you know, I also hear, well, the kids aren't like they used to be, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my answer is always it starts at home. Um, but like you said, though, it doesn't matter how good your parents are. That's where it starts. Now, a lot of these kids are picking up some of their bad habits, their disobedient ways, their disrespectful ways at school with their friends, whatever they're hanging out on their devices, their cell phones. But that's where it starts at home. You know, you you keep the kids off that. Get them outside. Do something. Don't let them sit in front of a screen or a device all the time. I know it's easier said than done. I know it was easy for me. I had a kid that loved sports, wanted to be outside, could give a crap about a cell phone. Um, but you got to, as a parent, you got to put your foot down. I see so many kids now that are whiny and screaming and, and, and they don't know how to act because all they got to do is whine or scream and act out and, they get what and they they're going to get what they want. Parents so, don't have the gall anymore to, you know, uh, if you have to, even a spanking on the butt. I know that's a no-no to a lot of people, but you got to remember, when you're, in my opinion, when you're spanking a kid, you're not spanking the child to hurt them. You're spanking them to maybe embarrass them a little bit to let them know the difference between right and wrong. But I still think it all starts at home. You know, when, we, when, we, when our children disobeyed us, we spanked them. Mm-hmm. Not every time. Sometimes we would scold them. Sometimes we would explain why that was a bad idea, why they shouldn't have done that, why they were disobedient. We never... <clears throat> This is my position, and it's always going to be my position. You, you, you spank a child for direct disobedience. Mm-hmm. Direct disobedience. Knowing disobedience. In, in other words, I know mommy said don't do that, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yep, yep. I know daddy said I have to do this right now, but I said no. And I stamped my foot. And I, Okay, that earns you a spanking. Sure, yep. <clears throat> and the spanking 
There's a difference. I want to just make this distinction. There's a difference between harming someone and hurting them. Yeah, right. In the infliction of physical pain is not the same thing as physical harm. That's a distinction that is not understood in American culture today. Right, right. By most, by many, many, many people. Certainly not by the media, mm-hmm. right? So if I take my finger and flick the back of your hand, mm-hmm. I can flick pretty hard. Sure. That's going to hurt. It does, yeah. But are you injured? No. No. When our boys were little, uh, I read a book. There's a great book. There's a great book on parenting. I still recommend it, although I'm sure it's illegal in Minnesota. Uh, it's called uh, Train Up a Child. And it's written by a Christian man who says that the Bible teaches parents that they should train up a child. It doesn't say beat up a child. It doesn't Mm -hmm. say positive affirmation up a child. It doesn't say scream up a child. It says train. So children need training. And that's what the book teaches parents how to do, how to train their children. And he teaches with using corporal punishment, using a switch, um, and the goal is training. It's not even punishment. The goal is training. So, for example, and we're a little bit off course, but since you brought it up, I'll just address it. <clears throat> if you tell your child not to do something and they do it, then they usually need to be corrected or disciplined or punished. Mm-hmm. His position is, why even go down that road in the first place? Why not start by training your child? He said, if we can train... He, he grew up, actually, he was a missionary to... Uh, I think it was the, uh, uh, not the Hutterites, the... Um, Davidians? To the... To the... Uh, who the Amish? He was the Amish. He lived okay. in the Amish community. Okay. okay. And uh, he was a missionary to the Amish community. Mm-hmm. And he said, I live in a community where they have horse-drawn carriages sure. driving down the same highways mm-hmm. as 18-wheelers. Yeah. And he said, if the driver of the carriage tells the horse to go right and the horse decides to go left, we have young men in the orchard digging six-foot holes. Mm -hmm. He said, we can't do that. If we tell the horse to go right, the horse has got to go right. And the horse has got to go right the first time, every time. Oh, yeah. If you tell the horse to stop, the horse has got to stop, right? Mm -hmm. Because otherwise you have dead people. Sure. He said, we have dogs who live in our home. He said, the dogs don't go around pooping and peeing in the house. He said, if we can train a dumb animal to go outside, to turn right, left, stop, go, we can train these animals. He said, why should we think that we can't train a child that was created in God's image to obey their parents? You can Mm-hmm. So here's here's one of the, the things. And, and if you read the reviews on this book, because you can still buy the book on Amazon. I think maybe they've canceled it by now, but uh, I think you can still get it. Train Up a Child. Uh, maybe it's two Train Up a Child. It's one or the other. Um, there, the, It has like one and a half stars. And all these people say, this is abuse. This guy should be put in jail. Why? Because he, he endorses not just corporal punishment, but corporal training. Yeah. So he says, for example... Most people think that they have to uh, childproof their house, right? They put all the valuable, all the breakable stuff has got to go up high so the little toddler can't reach it. He said, basically what you're doing is you're training the child to understand this. If you can reach it, you can have it. So it's a game, right? I put it out of reach, you try to get it. Mm -hmm. He said, I think it's better to houseproof a child. What? 
Yeah, house proof a child. Sure. So he says, so this, this involves training where you actually actively sit down to train the child. And so here's what, here's what he recommends. Um, you take the child, sit him in his high chair at the table. I'll just follow this for a minute. You take some object of the child's desire, something the child would want to have, and you put it in front of them. And when they reach for it, you say, no, don't touch. He said, you can't change the wording. You use because this is training. So you use the exact same phrase mm-hmm. every single time because you're training the child. Yep. The child reaches for it. You say, no, don't touch. And you flick the back of your hand with their finger, with, with your finger. He said, you should flick it hard enough to cause pain, but not so hard that it makes them cry. Right. Right. He said, when you do that, they'll pull their hand back. Then they'll reach for it again. And you do the same thing. No, don't Mm -hmm. touch. And you flick their hand again. He said, they'll rub their hand. And they wait for a minute. And then they'll reach for it again. You Mm -hmm. say the same thing. No, Mm -hmm. don't touch. You keep doing that. He said, when the child stops reaching for the, whatever it is, the glass, the toy, the whatever. He said, said, when he stops, that session's done. You put him down, let him go play. Later in the day, you know, five, six hours later, you do it again and put yep. them in the thing. You say, no, don't touch. He said, when it gets to the point where you say, no, don't touch, and the child pulls his hand back before you flick it, now the child understands. Yes. Now they've received the yep. training. Mm-hmm. He said, here's what will happen. They'll reach for it. You say, no, don't touch. He said, you don't even touch them. They'll reach in, they'll rub their hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? You know. You know it, and you know what? I'll, I'll just tell you, John, we did that with all three of our boys. Yeah. And it worked perfectly with all three of them. And by the time our son Jonathan was a year and a half old, he'd already been trained. Guess what happened when Jonathan was three and a half old? That was, uh, that was 1997. Guess what happened in April 1997? <sighs> I'll give you a hint. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was here. Yeah. Right. So we got, we had to leave town. Mm -hmm. We were evacuated and we had some friends that lived on the base and we went out there and said, uh, Hey, could we stay at your house for a couple of days? We've been told we've got to be out of Grand Forks for three days. (laughs) Ended up being two weeks, but they said, we got to be out for three days. And the, the woman that we knew said, oh, my husband was just deployed to, uh, I think, Afghanistan. And she said, I, maybe it was Iraq. She said, um, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to help you, but we've, we have a lot of breakable things. And I know Jonathan is only a year and a half. And he's, I said, it's okay. He's trained. If you seem reaching for something you don't want him to touch, just say, no, don't touch. That's all you have to mm-hmm. say. Don't just use these words. No, don't touch. Jonathan, don't touch. Mm-hmm. Just say, don't touch. That's it. No, don't touch. That's it. And she looked at me like, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm going to tell a one and a half year old, no, don't touch. And he's going to listen to me. I said, yeah, I'll listen to you. So she said, well, I guess, well, you could stay here tonight. So we went in. Jonathan walked in. Immediately, he ran for some vase of flowers or something he thought was pretty. And he, he's, uh, and she panicked. She says, no, don't touch. And Jonathan just stopped his hand back mm. and she went that's my David's i've never seen anything near, like near, that near, near, i told you <laughs> she said that's amazing and here's the point when you train your children you don't have to spank them mm-hmm. because they listen to you 
And the and, and so the goal of this, the goal of the training is that you don't have to punish your children nearly as much as if they weren't trained because they listen, because they, they receive the training, and so now I don't. And so it becomes a, a piece of cake to train children sure. if you use that method. You know, it, it, it's amazing. I saw what you did there. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> I should have went right into it. Cake. it it's, it's amazing um, how training a child and a puppy are almost the same. Very uh, much. They really, really are. Oh, they really are. All right. Huh? I was just going to say, it's funny because every now and then you'll be sitting there telling your kid to do something and it's you feel like you're talking to a dog. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you're like, like, come here. Come here, boy. Good come boy. <laughs> hey, you know, there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. That's what you find at Over Heaven's Cakes right here in the Grand City Mall. Man, I'm telling you what, the best cupcakes and cakes for a special occasion or just a treat. Uh, incredible specialty items. You can either order them or you can walk in to find out more. All right. Uh, if you're a business owner and you want to treat your employees to something special, check out their monthly employee discounts. All for Heaven's Cakes are on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall. Open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4. Saturdays 9 to noon. Call them up at 701-757-CAKE. Or you can go to OprahHeavensCakes at Yahoo.com. Um... Tell you what, I don't know if it's too late now, but uh, graduation cakes, uh, you might want to be thinking about that, all right? Give them a call. Oh, for heaven's cakes in the Grand Cities Mall back in the north backside. You know what? Be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. Again, you can check them out at uh, overheavenscakes at yahoo.com also. Uh, does anybody really know what time it is? Part three, the Great Reset is on. David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition is in before the commercial break. And uh, we were talking about training kids and dogs and how kids are less respectful and um, less disobedient. Oh, and uh, by the way, less I just, obedient. You mean. Yeah, or obedient, more disobedient, more disobedient right. less obedient. Right. Uh, by the way, we do have a winner uh, for that music fest giveaway, the Midsummer Gone Country Music Fest. Uh, William Dick, congratulations, William! Uh, you have won yourself a pair of passes. These things are about a three hundred dollar value, and uh, man, you're going to have a good time. Uh, going to that and thank you and again uh, we've got more tickets so uh, don't fret William isn't getting the only set all right we'll be giving away more uh, coming up all right back that's to you cool. David wow that's that's great good for him um so yeah by the way is the chat working or do yeah, we I was wondering have... about that because usually on Tuesdays this thing is going pretty nuts but um yeah nobody has said anything are we streaming are people dying are we streaming or are we just talking to ourselves here okay so it's, our followers so, are being disobedient today. So they are. So uh, there's a there's an interesting there's an interesting story that this man tells. The, the goal of the book, and I I'm, I I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but uh, which I have already. Uh, but it is so important for parents to train their children and to realize that it's not up to the government, it's not up to the schools or the mm-hmm. teachers to train their children. It's up to them. The Bible says, and the quote, the, the title from the book comes from Scripture. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Uh, it's, 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 it's not necessarily a promise, but it's a principle. And there have been children that I know who've been trained up properly, and then they kind of go off the rails, but then they come back. And they, because they were trained by their parents, uh, right and wrong, and and how to live and how to behave. So, uh, 
So that's that's uh, that's the way. But sometimes that you know mm-hmm. they take detours. Unfortunately, the, there's a story in the book that I just think is 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 really really neat. Um, a man who'd read the book because he he does updates on the book, and so he gets feedback from readers. And there was a man that had a little girl. She was I don't know a, a year old or something like that, a, a true toddler. <clears throat> and at this point, she's kind of she's walking and crawling and she's but she's a toddler and they had stairs they had stairs in their house you know the, mm-hmm. the second floor and there, there was no there, i guess there wasn't a door on it uh there wasn't any way for him to prevent his daughter from climbing the stairs and he was really frightened that she was going to get halfway up try to stand up tumble down and really hurt herself so he told her multiple times not to you know, not to go up the stairs, because she'd crawl up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And he said, don't, daddy said, don't climb up, don't go on the stairs. And she'd go up, and so he would go and get her. He took a switch. He, the author of the book recommends using a switch, uh, not a club, a switch, because they sting, mm-hmm. and uh, switch their bottom Um when they when they're disobedient, and so he did that, and his daughter's just you know she's crying, and he's, and then she uh, you know a few hours later he saw her climbing the stairs again. She thought he wasn't around, and she could get away with it, and so he pulls her down, he switches her bottom again. Well, he loves his daughter, and he said it just it broke his heart to have to switch her bottom with this little switch, and he thought I've got to do something, and this is the point. It's not this set of rules that a parent slavishly follows to make their children obedient. He didn't want to switch his daughter's bottom again, but he didn't want her going up the stairs again. Mm -hmm. So he used his adult thinking parent head and said, what do I do? You know what he did? He took the switch, sent his daughter off to do something else, you know, go play. And then he took the switch... And he put her on the first step of the stairs. She had already been switched twice. Put her on the first step of the stairs. And then he kind of went away and just watched his daughter. And sure enough, sure enough, third time, she crawls around, starts to climb up the steps. She sees that switch standing, sitting there on the first step. She took one look at it, turned and walked away, mm-hmm. and never tried to climb the stairs again. Yeah. So the point is you don't have to discipline or punish your children nearly as often if you've trained them properly and yeah. with wisdom. And I think it's a great book. I, I really, I think I, it's I really hope that she's learned how to climb stairs by now. No, she's actually, uh, <laughs> she's an invalid because she never climbed. No, of and, course And, not. I, and <laughs> yeah. here I thought shock collars were the easiest way to train. So, so <laughs> no, there, there are lots. Yeah. So training, but, but the point is, and, and this is the thing, John, you said this, that it's, it, it begins at home, and you're right. Mm-hmm. This is an insidious evil when it, it comes to children. It really, truly it, is. You really have to monitor them. Uh, and I knew, I knew that this wasn't good, and I knew that televisions weren't good, mm-hmm. and I really held the line on TV watching. You know, first I wouldn't let our children watch TV until I think they were two, uh, and then it was limited to, you know, like half an hour a day. We got them... Uh, like the tapes, like there's a there's a tape called Baby Einstein, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to stimulate their brain 
by expose them to different languages, shapes, colors, music, you know, nice. But I, I think in retrospect, and they said, oh, yeah, we've done all these studies that showing these images and this music and these, these, uh, these languages simulate the baby's brain. But, but, you know, I think there's something far more important, and that's social interaction with their parents and their siblings. Sure. And if they're staring at a screen, they're not interacting with another human being. And I got that directly from Dr. Jean Gullix, who was an expert in uh, child development. <clears throat> she says no child should be exposed to any screen prior to the age of two. Mm-hmm. And from ages two to five years, it should be limited to half an hour a day. Maximum half an hour a day. Any, any screen. Uh, including television. I think she said it's even less for this because these things are so addicting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so the problem is I had a son who convinced me that if I let him have one of these at home, then I can monitor it and make sure he doesn't abuse it. But that's not the point. The point is that what comes through these things, when they start going mm-hmm. online and getting involved in social media, they find the social media apps and it's, t- it's poison. It's poison for the brain. It is literally poison for the brain, poison for the soul. And so, Unless they're watching our show. So I would say, <laughs> as, <laughs> except for the PG-13 moments of the show, uh, this is, uh, should be kept away from every child. I, think, I don't think anybody should have these until they're 16. And parents say, well, but for safety, we want it. Okay. Give them a flip phone. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't have a problem with that because let's face it, from when we were 10, 11, 12 years old, the world has changed dramatically has. since then. Uh, back then, you didn't. your kid could go out and, and you'd say, okay, just be home by supper. The kid get on a bicycle and take off. You don't see him all dang day. It, it, that doesn't work that way anymore no. around here because there's too many sick people. But uh, Marie makes a great point here. Uh, sometimes when kids don't get enough positive attention, they settle for negative attention if it's all they can get. Uh, and yeah. and I agree. Um, I know there's people that are they're just such downers. Yeah. They're just so negative you, you made all me, the time. You made me think of a funny uh, meme that I saw the other day, and it was uh, on Mother's Day, and somebody put it up and said. I'd like to thank all the iPads out there for Mother's Day. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> wow. Marie actually makes... Uh, that's a good one, though, isn't it? That's very I'm good. I'm amazed you said meme. <laughs> that's very good. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, no, that's very good. But Marie's point is excellent because it's true. Children, mm-hmm. What children crave more than anything is attention from their parents. Yeah, and, and getting back to training a puppy. That's what you do. It's positive attention, positive attention, way more than negative attention. Yeah, but the point that I think the point that Marie is making is that if a child can only get your attention by doing something oh, sure. wrong, right. yeah. so now you're yelling at them or mm-hmm. you're spanking them or you're doing whatever, at least... They're getting some sort of attention. Exactly, yes. you're, you're giving them your attention. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, you know, I, even as, 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 a, as a father, when my boys were little... Uh, I think I had one of those. I had one. I had a a boy who was really um, <clears throat> routinely doing what he shouldn't be doing, hurting his brothers, uh, watching television when he's not, or playing a video game, or, or not doing what he's supposed to be doing. And he did get negative attention from me. And I would sit down and I explain why that's a bad idea because I didn't want to spank him. I mean, nope, no. 
no healthy, loving parent wants to spank their child. Mm-hmm. You, you don't. <clears throat> they might deserve it, and it might be good to train them or good to help them understand the consequence of, of, uh, of punishment for doing wrong. Let's face it. We, I mean, if Paul was to go vandalize your car, he, he'd go to jail or he'd get fined. I mean, because he's white. Or hitting the knees so, with a baseball bat because he's I mean, bigger than me. You get, you, the reason people go to jail, I mean, I'm excluding the January 6th people. But other than that, the people that go to jail generally did something, they did something mm-hmm. wrong. They broke mm-hmm. the law, mm-hmm. right? That's punishment. That's not pleasant. They don't send them off to happy camp, right? Right. You, you loot someone's business. You burn someone's mm-hmm. uh, car. You do whatever. You break in. You steal someone's car. That's criminal activity, and you get punished for that. Yep. So crime leads to punishment. That's, that's what we would call negative consequences for your action. Sure. Spanking a child demonstrates at a very early age, in really simple terms, negative consequences for bad actions. That's what it does. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of training right. that that provides. It teaches when you do something wrong, when you break the law, and, and in our house... It's mommy and daddy's law that you have to obey. Yep. Once you leave mommy and daddy's house, it's the government's law that you have to obey. We will spank you. They will put you in jail. They'll put you in jail. And depending on how bad it is what you did, they may kill you. Right. Because they have the authority to do that. Sure. So that's, that's the value of, of punishment. But, but Marie is right. A lot of kids only <clears throat> get attention from their parents when they do something bad. Mm-hmm. I have, or not getting rewarded for doing something good. Well, you should reward you know? your child if they do, especially if they do something well. I, I remember at one point to the the, the troublemaker in our family, um, he had done something really good. I don't remember if he cut the grass uh, without being asked or if he, I don't remember what it was. But I said, hey, son, I said, good job. I said, you did it. Daddy's really proud of you. You That yeah, was really good what you did. I was always looking for ways to compliment him. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he said, Daddy, I like it when you talk like that. And I thought, I like it when I talk like that, too. Yeah. Why don't you start doing more of this Ding, stuff? ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and I would talk to you like that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, if they, if they, but doing good things often takes a little bit more effort sure. than doing mm-hmm. bad things. So, um, so anyway, back to, uh, back to the, uh, back to the, oh, there we go. Back to the times that we're in, the times we're living in. Unloving men will be unloving, irreconcilable. Malicious gossips. What's a malicious gossip? Me. <laughs> okay. I just talk, Folks about, out pe- there, I just that, talk about people. That's that all. got a thumbs up from, uh, from Dale, that comment did. <laughs> from Dean. Dean. <laughs> Dale gives so, thumbs down. Dean mal- gives the thumbs up. A, 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 a malicious, a malicious gossip. Uh, okay, so a gossip is someone says, "Did you hear what Mary Ellen just, mm-hmm. you know, got paid for her whatever?" Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um, a malicious gossip is the one that says, "Did you know Mary Ellen's sleeping with the next door neighbor?" Yeah. Well, are you really? Well, if you've seen the way she looks at him, well, what? How do you know? Oh, she's child. Listen. She's bad news. Yeah. She's going to, I'll tell you, that woman is evil, wicked to the core. That's mm. malicious gossip. Mm-hmm. Okay. Men will be malicious gossips. 
without self-control. Without self-control. I heard today that uh, there was a kid that if a kid... Let me ask you this. John, did you ever, when you were in school, you saw kids slammed into lockers, Mm -hmm. held outside a third store, went over their ankles. Did you ever see a student ever pick up a chair and throw it across the room? Mm -hmm. You did? Yeah. What happened to them? Uh, They got kicked out of the class. Uh, They were allowed back, but it was, I don't remember how much time. I think they had to sit out that class for a week or something like that. Didn't hit anybody. Um, It was just a kid acting out. Probably like he did at home every day. Yeah. I never... So how many... Did you see more than once? No, just the one I've time. only. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that ever happen. I've never seen a kid throw a chair in, in, in school. Apparently today, it's a common occurrence. Yeah. Happens all the time. And if a kid throws a chair, they clear the room out yeah. of all the other kids and let that other kid have his temper tantrum mm-hmm. and destroy the whatever he wants. They have no control. No self-control. No self-control. Yep. This is what he says. Men will be without self-control. They'll be brutal. Haters of good. They'll hate what's good. Treacherous. Reckless. Conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Holding to a form of godliness, although they've denied its power, and avoid such men as these that's a really long list of bad attributes and behaviors. I'll read it very quickly without stopping. Men will be lovers of self, uh, excuse me, lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I, from my vantage point, our society is fitting into this description more and more and more every day. I'm not talking about individual people. I'm talking about society mm-hmm. as a whole. We see more and more large groups that are behaving this way. And if you look on the internet, oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. You see it all the time. The way that a person says something on social media demonstrates who they are. Can I get an amen on that, gentlemen? Amen, brother. The way that people behave and act and speak on social media reveals who they are. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Jesus said something that relates to this directly. He said, out of the overflow of the heart, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. People say what's in their heart. Mm -hmm. And if you have no self-control and you have a wicked thought in your heart, which everybody does from time to time, if you have no self-control, it just kind of vomits out of you or through your thumbs onto the keyboard and into somebody else's vision where they get slimed. Well, there's there's a lot of people that hide behind their keyboards. They think they're tough. Their lips are flapping and all the time. But see them in person and watch them turtle up. Yeah. You know, I, I can honestly admit I've never said anything on Facebook where I couldn't back it up or it wasn't the truth. I don't think I ever have. 
It's just somebody's going to call you out on this one of these days there, people. Right. Say what you want on social media, uh, but somebody's going to call you out. Karma can be a real you-know-what. So just remember that, folks. <laughs> now, <laughs> John, are you... Uh, were you- were you referring to a certain guest that you've had on your show, or were you referring nope. to when you said there's karma, just a lot of them out there? When you said karma, were, were you meaning were you calling someone by name? Were you referring to someone by name, or were you saying no. karma as in K A R M A? K A R not C A R M A. Yeah, no. I thought we no. should clarify that yeah, for yeah. our audience. Yeah, <laughs> not 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 karma Hansen. Okay, there we go. okay. How's that? <laughs> No, but it is, and and, and we see it all the time. These people are ranting and raving on social media, uh, saying things. A lot of the times, they're not true. There's so many people. I mean, you know, okay, they have fact checkers that aren't really fact checkers because they don't really check the real facts. But there's people saying a lot of things that aren't true, and 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 they hide behind their social media is all, and it and it will catch them someday. They're saying things that are not true, but but there's something that's even worse than saying so, uh, even worse. It rises to the same level of 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 evil as saying something that's not true, and that's just saying something that's really hurtful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I might think that you're full of baloney, and I can say to you. I, I disagree with you, mm-hmm. uh, but if I said you're full of me, you're a you're yep. that's different. Mm-hmm. That's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. It, it's one thing for me to have an opinion of you that's negative. It's another thing for me to state that opinion in a way that's really harmful. What's the difference, John? The difference is a civilized society versus a non-civilized society or an uncivilized society or a vulgar society or a barbaric society what kind of so we have to ask the question what kind of society do we want to live in yeah a civilized one where people treat each other with respect even if they disagree even if they don't like it or one where people pull down statues and and turn turn over cars and Mm -hmm. smash windows because they don't like something what kind of society do we want right. to, to live in? Then we, if we want to live in a civilized society, then we need to first look at ourselves and say, hey, I'm not going to engage in that uncivil behavior. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of funny that... <clears throat> so, I mean, one of the things I think they're referred to as uh, trolls now. Yeah. And, and to so, find a troll, because there's some people that just... So sometimes I'll... Uh, I guess I, I would consider I would be a troll at points um just uh because if i saw somebody post something that was like i thought was really really dumb well then i'll make a comment on there and then all of a sudden it'll just create this argument between these people and i just check out mm-hmm. like after i so they, they want they they all get into this huge argument but i'll all i did is just make the one comment just to get it going sure so you, <laughs> sounds like another Certain local radio stations stir the pot. Uh, Marie says, my son's high school friends have newer vehicles than me. Don't have a time. They're required to be home at night, given $50 a week for gas. My poor son feels right now like he's getting ripped off, but I know once he's grown, he'll be grateful. He wasn't handed everything all the time. Now, Marie, um, when I was a young child, my mom and dad were married. I had everything. I had mini bikes, snowmobiles, motorcycles, go-karts. I had it all. 
When my mom and dad got divorced, I was very young. I went to looking in dumpsters to find parts to build my own bicycles. Um, I didn't have, I, I, I got my very first car, um, when I was in college because I used my student loan to buy a car. Um, and so, yeah. And, and I think I turned out okay. Um, but that's just the way it is. And, and the kids do feel like they're getting ripped off, but if they know better, I, I mean, it, you know, it, it's not the kid getting ripped off. It's what can you afford? What are your means? My mom couldn't afford Anything. Well, no, okay, she couldn't so, afford but, squat. But, no, for so us. That, I mean, uh, so that just happened this last, uh, uh, I don't know, few few months back, and I, I don't blame the parents because uh, you know they're wealthy enough. But the, so it was their daughter's birthday party, and they got a limousine to drive all the kids around, and then you know they mm-hmm. took them to the arcade and the water park and everything. And my daughter, you know, she had a blast. So, like, cool if you can do that. But then it comes to my daughter's birthday, yeah, and it's. We're having cake at home. Yeah, that's oh, it. Oh boy, you know, and so she feels left out. Like her her friend got to do all of this cool stuff on her birthday, and she doesn't get to do it. And it's like, well, you know what? Sorry, I'm not spending eight hundred dollars on your <laughs> you're, birthday. You're not richy rich. And, yeah. and how so, old was was the kid turning? Do you remember? Oh, uh, ten. <clears throat> okay, now back in this was a long time ago. Back in the early ages, when I turned ten. That wouldn't have even been fun for me. I, I wouldn't want five of my buddies to jump in a limo and go, well, where in the hell are you going to drive around Crookston or Thief River yeah. Falls anyway? But You'd uh, much rather get on a dirt bike and go something. kick up some dust. Yeah, well, for something. And, Ten-year-old and, girls to get in a limo is pretty fun. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, and girls and boys are different. I do want to, to give kudos to Marie, though, because uh, that's, you know what? As a parent, that's tough. It is. It's yeah. tough to say no. It's tough to say, no, you're not going to, I'm not doing that for you. Here's what Marie's son probably doesn't understand. Those kids who get the new car and the 50 bucks a week spending money, Mm -hmm. uh, those kids are going to be ruined. They're going to grow up not knowing what it means to be responsible for themselves, not knowing what it means to earn the money for themselves because everything's been given to them. There is a thing called spoiling a child and and i think that that's a lot and it's not to say that some of those kids might not figure it out because some of them probably will Mm -hmm. but the fact that she doesn't hand everything to her child on a silver platter is a really good thing the hardest thing about parenting is finding the balance but because parents who love their children want to give them they want to give them things they want to give them good things um and so you can give them too much and then you spoil them, or you can be too strict and too stingy and not give them enough, and then they end up feeling like they're suffering needlessly, or that they're they're um, uh, what's the word that they've been deprived mm-hmm. of something that's necessary or that would be good for them, and and, and really. And and that can be different from child to child, right? So one child getting the same amount of things or beginning to provide the same amount of things would think that they're doing great. And another child in that same exact scenario would say, well, this is not fair. So it's it's parenting is very, very mm-hmm. difficult. There's- and everybody makes mistakes, but trying to find that balance is the best thing. And I think that Marie is is doing their absolutely right oh, yeah. thing. You know, love from a parent is huge. It does it's not all about money. Um no. me with mine, I my goal was 
for our kid to have it better than I did growing up. Uh, my wife, she, things were okay in her family, not mine. My goal was to have him, you know, him to have a better than I did. Right. Uh, and he did. I mean, my, my kid drove nice, nicer cars than I did. Yeah. Um, but he but, maybe but, needed it. But having it better, John, isn't always having more money. Right. Because it's not all about money. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the problems that we have. It's one of the things that the scripture addresses. People, men who are lovers of money. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so the lovers of self rather than lovers of God. Lovers of money rather than lovers of God. If you teach your children that money is where it's at, that that's what it's all about, you're going to have messed up kids. Mm-hmm. There was a guy that years ago uh, did a, he was a photographer, uh, and, and he went around the world shooting people with his camera, taking pictures of all these people. Mm-hmm. He went to the, some of the poorest parts of the world and shot pictures of little kids and adults doing whatever they do, you know, kids kicking a can down the road, playing with a stick, throwing rocks to each other, whatever. And then he went to the really, really rich parts of the world and took pictures of people on their yachts and you know, lounging on their lounge chairs and doing whatever. And he said it was really stunning to him. The pictures of the poor kids uh, and a lot of the adults, they're smiling, they're laughing. Yeah, they're having fun. They're interacting with mm-hmm. each other. He said he could not find a rich person with a smile on their face. They all look bored or hostile or just like life sucks. Mm-hmm. And they've got it all. They've got it all. Uh, I just heard of a, a, a man who visited, I think it was, um, he was he was visiting with a missionary, a uh, Christian missionary guy who, who lived on this island, and this man came to see him, and uh, he said to this missionary, he said, what do I do? I have everything. He said, that's my yacht over there. He said, back over there, I've got my own planes. He said, I can go anywhere I want, anytime I want. I've got all the money. I can buy anything I want for myself. And he said, my life is hell. I have no joy. I have no happiness. I have nothing. What am I missing? Jet ski. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think he actually even had a jet ski. The guy said, what you're missing is God and a relationship mm-hmm. with God that teaches you that people are really what's important. You need to love people and take care of other people instead of just always looking out for yourself and doing what you think is fun. Mm-hmm. But when you're a lover of yourself and a lover of money, that's what you do. People who serve others actually find meaning in life. Right, yeah. So, so it's all about if you have money that you use to serve yourself, that's one thing. If you use your money to serve other people, now suddenly life takes on a different mm-hmm. shape. Marie says purpose. Purpose yeah. is, is it, yeah. And so, um, and, and, and serving yourself and living the good life for yourself is not much of a purpose. And that so, man was Joe Biden. So the good news is... <laughs> I don't know if you end up. I, I, I'll be here all day. I, <laughs> the good news is that um, that we can all change if we want to. As mm-hmm. long as we're alive, we can all change. And 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 Paul gives this instruction to Timothy that uh, he says, "I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who's to judge the living and the dead." Oh yeah, that's the other thing. We all get judged. By the same God, it doesn't matter who you are, right? Uh, it doesn't matter who you are. It, 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 if you're a king, a president, 
if you're the guy that sweeps the mall, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter who you are. If you are the ruler of a country, if you end up ruling half the world, when you die, you're judged by the same God that judges sure. me and you and everybody else. And he will judge us completely impartially. Oh, and by the way, you know, the, the, the jury of nine who gets to decide, there's no jury when we stand before God. No. There's no jury. Right. It's just him. Mm -hmm. It's just God. And, oh, and guess, guess what else? There's no appeal process. No. Uh, and guess what else? <clears throat> His rule is final. Whatever he says, that's the way that it is. I mean, that's it. So um, that, to me, makes me say, I better pay attention. I better pay attention to myself and pay attention to what God tells me about how I should be living. And so the good news is that uh, as long as we're alive, uh, I think that there's still, and we don't know how long that's going to be, right? Tomorrow you could get hit. Sure. Uh, you could, today, you could today. drop dead of a heart attack mm -hmm. just like that. And then, then Paul would have to take your wife for, you know. His aunt. His aunt, yes, right. <laughs> uh, uh, here's what he says, preach the word, be ready in season out of the season. Reprove, that means correct. Rebuke, that means to correct. <laughs> Exhort, that means to correct. Yeah. <laughs> Tell people, reprove means, hey, show a person what the truth is and so that they now have a proper understanding. Mm -hmm. Rebuke means you're doing this wrong. You got to stop doing that and start doing this. And exhort means, come on, come on, get it together. Do it right. Do it right. You know the right thing to do. With great patience and instruction, because the time's coming when they, meaning people, will not endure sound teaching sound doctrine, mm -hmm. but wanting to have their ears tickled, they'll accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and instead will turn aside to myths. Like, um, you might be a girl inside, even though you have all the body parts of a boy, maybe you're really a girl. Maybe you're really a boy, even though you have all the girl parts. Those are myths. Yeah, Those I, aren't I, true. I actually saw... Um, uh another meme that you had up on uh, your site, actually. And it was like a semi that had a billboard on the side of it. And it said, no child is born in the wrong body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's, true. <laughs> that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. So, so the good news is there's still time for all of us to repent, to change, to seek, to go in the right direction. And there are lots of examples in history of people who were really bad guys who one day figured it out and started sure. moving in the other direction. And some of them, uh, actually some became great evangelists. Uh, some became some of the, you know, the greatest people. Uh, that we think of them as heroes, but at one point they weren't doing such heroic things. Right, right. And <clears throat> I believe that there's still hope for this country, that if enough people get involved, if enough people tell their friends and their neighbors that we've got an enemy who's trying to bring us down, trying to destroy us. I just, there's no time now because the show's over, uh, except for the credits and your wrap-up. But Well, I, I just thought of something, and I think it's a, kind of a clever little analogy. But So if, you, if, I, like, if I got you a suit, and it was the nicest suit that you could ever possibly get. Yeah. Like, irreplaceable. Yeah. The only one. In existence, it's only for you. Hundred percent silk, and, custom and, made. Yep. And I and I rip off a sleeve. Yeah. Would you be mad about that? 
I wouldn't be happy. Okay. Now imagine <laughs> if that suit was your birthday suit. Ooh. That would be much worse. Yeah. Much worse. Because you're right, I already have a suit like that. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. It's my birthday suit. Yeah, so no, that's God, a great so, analogy. So, so if God sees that you decided to rip off the sleeve of your birthday wow. suit, you would probably be a little wow. bit upset about that. That's yeah. a great analogy, Paul. That really is. That's that's outstanding. Yeah. Let's All right. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's get that out there because uh because people need to realize that. Mm-hmm. Uh there's a woman I uh, did I meet her? I, I heard her speak. I don't think I got to talk with her because I was talking with someone else um, after the seminar, but she wrote a book called, I think it's called Love Thy Body. And she says that the reason the kids are damaging their birthday suit and, and having stuff sliced off and shaved off and doing this evil to themselves, thinking that somehow they're doing something good or beneficial is because they don't, love themselves enough they don't they don't appreciate what they have they think there's something wrong with them and surgery is going to fix it or hormone therapy is going to fix it or something else and and, i mean this could be a whole a whole show someone who's who's you know really overweight i don't think that they should be happy with themselves in that position because they can do something about it Mm-hmm. Most people can. If you're overweight, you know, you can lose weight. I've been overweight before. I mean, not not, not grossly overweight, but I've been overweight to the point where I go, man, I just don't like the way I feel. I don't like the way I look. And I'm going to do something. And it was hard, but I did something. I know a lady who, who, who goes around in a wheelchair. She can't not be in a wheelchair. She is so huge, so mm-hmm. large, but she's not overweight. She has a problem called edema. Yeah. And her body cannot get rid of water mm-hmm. and so it builds up in her tissues all over her body and she's and she's massive and she has these these treatments where she'll go to the hospital and they suck the water out of her body and then they wrap her in these wraps really tight wraps on her arms and her legs to try to keep it from coming back but eventually it comes back right. uh she was mocked by doctors when she was a little girl you're you're too fat you got to stop eating and she's i eat 120 calories a eat day like a bird, yeah. i'm not eating anything so there are people who have literal physical problems that that prevent them from from doing anything about it but most people can take care of their bodies and make their bodies better stronger faster uh, without any bionics, if you remember the $6 million mandates. Steve Austin, oh yeah. Uh, Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, but this idea of self-hatred, of hating your body, when th- th- the people that are going for these surgeries, they're perfectly healthy. Yeah. And right. these are healthy children. Do you know, I just read that at, I think it's, is it Boston? I don't want to say the name of the university. There's a university in America today that is doing gender therapy, they, they quickly said, oh, we're not doing any surgeries yet. They're doing gender therapy on two-year-olds. Let that sink in. Gender therapy on two-year-olds. Mm. Probably because the two-year-old boy got in his mommy's high heels and walked around the room. <gasps> oh, look, Johnny's really a Jenny. <clears throat> anyway, it's for a next sick show. Sick and perverted, 
perverted culture that yeah. we live in. So we have to we have to stand up and fight back and say, no, no, mm-hmm. that's not right. But I love your analogy about the birthday suit because you're right. We're all given, uh, yeah, beautiful suits to wear. And perfect for us. Perfect for us. They fit. Yep. <laughs> they Someday, some smart guy is going to figure out the solution to the edema problem that my friend has. And she won't have to worry about her body doing that anymore. You know, yep. she'll and, be healthy. And if so, you want to take care of your body, Life Vantage is a yeah. really good way to do it. <laughs> That's a really great. Point. All right. Uh, does anybody really know what time it is? Is there going to be a part four next week, we'll or see. are we rolling? We'll see. I'll, okay. I'll leave. I'll, I'll, we'll see. All right. Uh, thank you, David, for coming in again. My pleasure. Thanks, uh, Sean. Man, I love Tuesdays. I'm, I'm liking them more and more all the time. I want to give a shout out to Live Vantage for bringing you the uh, great reset today. Now, if you're one of those people that takes collagen. Uh, Have you heard about this one-of-a-kind collagen that not only replenishes your body, but it helps your body create its own collagen, and it does this by using natural products, and then it maintains it, too. Now, if you want to find out more about this amazing product, contact Stephanie Kronelka and LightVantage for more information. Uh, Check out stephk.lightvantage.com or text 701-230-9306, or you can email skbesthealth at gmail.com or click the link on gfbestsource.com. It'll go directly to Life Vantage. Hey, biohack your life with Life Vantage. Again, uh, thanks to David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition. And congratulations, William Dick. Won himself Midsummer Gone Country Music Fest three-day passes. Uh, yeah, worth about 300 bucks. Don't worry, though. We'll be giving away more. Uh, just be following us, all right? Uh, tomorrow, we talk with uh, Grand Forks County Sheriff Andy Schneider about the new law enforcement memorial, and uh, it's National Police Week, all right? So tune in at 11 o'clock tomorrow and find out more. Remember to like, share, tag, and follow us. Hit that notification bell on your smartphone. You'll never miss a show. Uh, maybe we'll catch you at Test and Tune tonight, River City Speedway. Otherwise, we all know the Grand Cities are an awesome place. Grand Forks' best source is giving them an identity again.